welcome to Get Smart Politics. I'm Sarah. I'm here with Eric Bull, the author of Get Smart Politics, and this is your political cheat sheet for the week of Monday, July 18th, 2022. We are 113 days until the November midterm elections and 841 days from the 2024 presidential election. We have three top storylines for you again this week. And Eric, I have to say, we are not trying to bash on Biden every single week. It just seems like every time we are talking about how everyone is upset with Biden and his numbers are so low. And unfortunately, that is our number one story again this week. Yeah, the guy just can't catch a break, it seems like. Um, this week, he, well, I, I should say last week, he went to Israel and Saudi Arabia, his first big Middle East trip since uh, he became president. He's been over there several times in the past as a senator and vice president, has a lot of friends, especially in Israel. And uh, the first portion of the trip, he was in Israel and seemed to go relatively well. Um, and, you know, no, no, no big gaffes or, or bad headlines coming out of that. The real focus of uh, the coverage in the United States has been the second part of the trip where it went to Saudi Arabia. And that's where I was going to call this the fist bump heard around the world uh, happened, where he met uh, Mohammed bin Salman, who is also known as MBS. He's the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and the de facto ruler of the kingdom. Um, the guy is, has been called a brutal killer um, had some pretty bad situations over the past few years. Yeah, you'll probably remember the assassination of Khashoggi, the journalist, the U.S. journalist that was in Saudi Arabia and was assassinated. And the Saudi Arabian government, um, we are holding them accountable for it, basically. Right. U.S. intelligence determined that MBS uh, personally uh, approved the killing, almost certainly personally approved it. He claims he didn't. Um, so Biden, when he was running for president, said uh, the, it was so clear to him that MBS was responsible for this, that he was going to make Saudi Arabia a, par a pariah state on the world stage, just make them an outcast. And um, he held to that relatively well for the first year or so. But now that the economy has been in such bad shape and the especially the oil prices have been so high, um, he really got pushed into meeting with the Saudis and trying to push for uh, them to pump some more oil and reduce the worldwide prices. So the the thing that was bad about this is this photo of him fist bumping um, MBS. And the reason that it looks bad is because um, they were Biden's advisors and sort of his press team were saying that he wasn't going to be shaking hands with everyone because of COVID concerns. We're not sure if that's actually true or if he was just tr trying to provide an excuse to not shake hands with MBS. Um, but this fist bump picture makes it look like they have this bro energy. So yeah. it, it just gives this like familial tone to it that just comes off as bad it just looks bad it's bad imagery yeah this is it looked like a real rookie mistake from the white house the way that they handled this whole is he going to be shaking hands or fist bumping and he doesn't want more strains of covid to be spread around and like oh come on everyone knows he was just trying to avoid a bad look with the saudi um crown prince and unfortunately for them the fist bump looks worse than a handshake would have and it's not, you know, you, you mentioned that the handshake is the thing everyone's focusing on. It's really more emblematic of the fact that he is treating this guy who is a, a human rights abuser 
like a leader on the world stage and like a like his like you say like a bro his his buddy that he's doing a fist bump with it would have been better for him to just have a nice cold handshake and say we're here to do business i don't approve of you it didn't help either though that um they had a private meeting right after that he claimed that he uh confronted mbs about the killing of khashoggi who was a washington post journalist um the Saudis then came out and said, yeah, we were in there in the meeting too. And he never did that. And so it's been uh, this back, back and forth about, did he really press them on it? Or did he just claim that he pressed them on it to try to get the news story um, and, and look tough. But it sounds like there's a lot of dispute as to whether or not he really even held the screws to him. Well, and did we get any uh, progress on oil prices from this meeting? Do you think? Nothing definite, nothing hard. He, uh, so Biden claims that uh, MBS, Said he would, you know, talk to OPEC about this at their next meeting and see if they could maybe increase production, but he didn't get any firm commitments out of it. So all in all, we really didn't get much positive that can be said, can be can be shown. Um, and he got this terrible image, this bad picture that's worth a thousand words, um, plus a bunch of people really mad at him that he even elevated uh, who somebody that may be really a brutal killer to the world stage and treat him like an equal. All right, well, moving back onto the U.S. soil, we're going to talk about the Senate. Um, Number two story is about the boss of the Senate, and it's not Schumer and it's not McConnell, but it's Joe Manchin who has the most power over there. The real boss. Yeah, yeah. and he's pulling pulling rank again um, last week. What happened? Yeah, like you say, he really is the guy that's calling all the shots there because when you've got a 50-50 Senate, Every single person can be a kingmaker, and he is really grab the bull by the horns. And this is uh, just the latest in a long, long string of Manchin wanting to drag along um, negotiations to see if he can get what he wants and then dropping out right at the last minute. Um, Schumer had wanted to try to get a package put together under reconciliation rules, which would only require 50 votes to pass the bill through the Senate. Um, They wanted to get some big legislative win for the Democrats to show uh, on the campaign trail and say, look, we got these things done for you. They wanted to pass a climate change package with energy, clean energy bill uh, provisions um, and a tax hike on the wealthy. Uh, they wanted to get all that done before August recess. And uh, it sounded like maybe negotiations were headed in, the, in a good direction for that to happen. But then on Thursday, Senator Manchin came out and said, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not going to vote for any of that. Um it's dead. The only thing that I'll vote for is extending Obamacare subsidies uh, for two more years and uh, reducing the cost of um, prescription drugs for people on Medicare. And those are things that he said were not going to be inflationary and not throwing gas on the fire of inflation. Yeah. So he really backed off of any legislation because he doesn't want inflation to go up more. And that's our third story um, is guess what? It is up. Um, We thought it was going to get better and it's actually gotten worse. Yeah. A month ago, the the monthly inflation numbers came out and had actually gone down by a couple tenths of a percent. And you saw stories all over the place a month ago in in mid-June of people saying, oh, great, you know, the the worst is behind us. We're moving in the right direction. Finally, Um, it's peaked. Inflation has peaked and we're on the on the backside of it. So um, those celebrations kind of um, met reality, I guess, last week when the next month's numbers came out and showed that inflation had actually turned back around and actually had surpassed the May numbers. It's now another 
record high, a uh, 40-year record, 9.1% inflation. So that was just a terrible news and surpassed all the expectations by the experts. Um, really, really bad economic news. And it, the, the biggest takeaway from this is the Wall Street experts are now looking at the Fed's upcoming meeting next week, next uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, I think, where they're going to decide on additional rate hikes. And it looks like it's very, very likely they're going to raise interest rates by 1%, a full percentage in one month. Um, if they do that, that's going to be a very, very big deal to the economy because um, that's going to make people's adjustable rate mortgages go up um, enormously. You know, what, three months from an election? That's just terrible electoral news if you're the party in power. Um, plus, it's just bad news for the economy. Yeah, I know we're all feeling the squeeze for sure. Yeah. Now, there is a tiny bit of a silver lining here. Um, if you take out energy prices and food prices, that that's what they call core inflation. Sometimes you see that in the news. That's what uh, core inflation is. It's just the consumer price index minus food and energy prices. Um, because those are so volatile, they feel like sometimes it's better to take those out and see how everything else is doing. Well, energy prices have gone down a little bit in the past few weeks. So uh, a lot of people do expect when that's all factored in with the August numbers, it's going to make it the, the inflation number lower overall and make it look a little better. So hopefully we really are going to turn a corner next time these numbers come out. But for right now, it's about as bad as the news could possibly be. Awesome. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that our report will get a little bit more positive in the next few weeks. Um, so on the calendar for um, our legislators this week, the House and Senate are in session. And then primaries, we only have one um, Tuesday, July 21st. Yeah, we've been in a little bit of a lull here. We finally have one more to look at. Um, so there's the primary tomorrow is in Maryland. Um, then we do have some runoffs in North Carolina uh, the next week after that, but uh, we'll have a whole bunch of them coming up the first week of August. Yeah, That's that'll kind be of the, big. Yeah, the last big batch that we'll see. Um, but yeah, this one, Maryland tomorrow, not um, not the most exciting state as far as primaries go. At least we're not expecting it to be. <laughs> you never know these <laughs> days. Uh, right now, it's not looking too controversial or competitive in the Senate race. Chris Van Hollen is running for re-election. Looks like he's very likely to win easily there. And then in the House, um, they have eight uh, eight districts, eight, eight members of the House in Maryland. That's the same number as they had under the last census. So that didn't change either direction. But the new map after redistricting is much more competitive than the old map. So it's going to make for some kind of interesting races. Uh, the two that I'm really looking at for tomorrow are in the fourth district. Um, the incumbent, Anthony Brown, has decided not to run for re-election because he is running for um, the attorney general seat in, in Maryland. So there are nine Democrats running to take his place. It's a heavily, heavily Democratic seat. It basically surrounds the entire eastern half of Washington, D.C., the northeast and, and southeast border of Washington, D.C., um, is where the district starts. And so um, very, very competitive race there. And since it's you know right next to D.C., a lot of people who work inside the Beltway uh, actually uh, will be voting in this district. So a lot of eyes on that one. And then the other one is the 6th District, and that is the Western Panhandle of Maryland. It's an even seat after the new redistricting. Um, David Trone is the Democrat incumbent in that district. But since it's going to be uh, a, a toss-up, uh, everybody's pretty much rating it as a toss-up for November. 
He has some competition in the primary. There's three other Democrats running against him. And then there are six Republicans running to challenge him. And this is one of the very, very few seats on the entire East Coast that are going to even be in play in November as very strong pickup opportunities for the GOP. So I think we're going to get a lot of attention on that one come November. Okay. Well, we will um, hit you with more stories that we're following next week. And thanks for joining us.